Hey, veterans. Welcome to the VA Claims Insider Podcast. We are veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. I'm your host, Air Force Service Disabled Veteran Brian Reese, and each week we share VA disability claim tips, tricks, strategies, and lessons learned to help you win, service connect, and get rated at the appropriate level, even if you've already filed or been denied. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. Hey there, insiders. What's going on? Happy Wednesday to all our veterans out there. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you jumping on board with us and um, and uh, coming and learning about a new topic. Uh, hopefully it's new to you and hopefully we're able to pass on a lot of great information to you. Um, you know, we're, uh, we're thrilled to be here and we're happy you're on board with us. Uh, my name is Caleb McLagan. I'm a coach here at VA Claims Insider. And today I have Josh joining me. Hey, Josh, what's going on, man? Hey, Caleb. Hey, everyone. So glad that you're here. Looking forward to uh, tackling this topic uh, of filing secondary claims with you today. Um, if everyone who's, uh, who's joining us, please uh, let us know where you're from. Let us know your location. Let us know a little bit about yourself, what branch you, uh, you were uh, in while you were in the military, what years you served. We'd love to give you a couple shout outs. Um, so just jump on the, the comment box and, and go ahead and tell us where you're from and uh, what branch and what years you serve. We'd love to, uh, love to interact with you as much as possible throughout this entire broadcast. So um, again, like I said, my name is Caleb. Uh, I came through as a client last year um, and I, I was able to get myself up to 80% on my own. Uh, but I found VA Claims Insider last year back in April and uh with my coach, we were able to we were able to develop a strategy um, to get me over the finish line. My goal was to to be recognized for all the disabilities that I qualified for, and I ended up after about five months coming out 100% permanent in total. So um, I'm a product of this process, and then the company said, "Hey, we'd love to hire you," and of course I said yes, and and here I am today. So I'm a coach here today with VA Claims Insider, and like I said, I'm a product of this process and. And uh, I'm really excited to uh, coach my veterans each and every day um, on our, our strategy, give them a little bit of education, help them get that medical evidence that they may, may need. Um, and then uh, it gives me the opportunity to jump on, on Facebook Live here and, and pass along some knowledge uh, to all of, our, all of our viewers today. Um, Josh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm one of the very few at VA Claims Insider who is not a veteran. There's a few of us, not many. Um, my ties with the company are, are true and simple. Um, I have many friends in my life who are veterans. I have family members who are. And um, veterans, in more ways than one, whether I know you or not, you've all helped me in God knows how many ways, more than I can count. And this is some way that I can help give back. Um, these are all claims and ratings that each veteran deserves. If you served, you deserve. That's what we love to say here at VA Claims Insider. And um, I love helping people get to that 100% mark. Um, I came on with, with the company a, a few months ago. Didn't take me long to get my first veteran to 100%. It's one of the best feelings in the world. It's all part of a family effort. Um, it's great. And I'm so glad you guys could join. And I saw, I think, 
someone in the chat mentioned he did, went from 60 to 100% with our help, which is awesome. awesome. It's great, great to see. Um, but that's just a quick rundown for, for me. Um, awesome. Ahead. Awesome. Well, again, you know, great to have you on board. I'm glad to be uh, co-hosting this live with you today. Um, let's go ahead and take a look at uh, where our viewers are coming in from. We have a couple checking in from Florida. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Virginia, representing the United States Navy. We have Sandra. She served from 2000, 2000 to 2013, so that's awesome. <clears throat> a couple more Navy in the house. Welcome, everybody. Glad you're jumping on board with us. I know we're only a couple minutes into this broadcast, but uh, we'd just love to recognize you all and interact with you all as much as possible. So thanks for, uh, thanks for chatting with us. Yes, Mr. John, with your help, I went from 60% to 100% in five months. That is awesome, John. We're so happy to hear that. Thank you so much for the feedback. Um, and at the end of his comment, <clears throat> excuse me, at the end of the comment there, he says, you know, we, we help change his life. Well, John, we, we just have a small, small part of that life changing moment for you. You know, we're, we're here for you. We're here for all of our veterans and uh, we're happy to help facilitate that. But it really takes you as the veteran to, to take your claim by the horns and tackle this process. And we're here you know, with you every step of the way, but I'm, I'm, you know, really appreciative of the, uh, the feedback there. So thank you so much, John. Thank you so much. Uh, Anchorage, Alaska in the house. What's up, Bob? Thanks for being here with us. See San Diego. Yeah. San Diego, California, checking in. Awesome. San Antonio, Texas. Uh, see army from 90 to 96. That's Shelly. Thanks so much for joining us. A couple air force. We have any Marines in the house? I was with uh, I was with the United States Marine Corps from 2010 to 2015. Served with one uh, eight down in Camp Lejeune. Uh, yeah, any more any more Marines in the house? Love to love to give a shout out to you guys. Cool, a couple more Air Force. Thanks for joining us, Roy. Chris, U.S. Navy, 92. Love it. See more Texans. Awesome. John, yes sir, United States Marine Corps. Nice. Love it, guys. Thanks so much Thanks, for joining man. us. A couple Army, Vietnam veteran. Hey, a special thank you to our Vietnam veterans. Um, you guys served um, heroically, and uh, you didn't get everything you deserved when you came home, but we're here to help you now. So thanks for checking in. Uh, special place in my heart for all our uh, Vietnam veterans. My uncle is United States Marine Corps Vietnam veteran, and, and um, I talk to him every week. And he's truly a special person to me. So thank you to all our Vietnam veterans jumping on. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Couple more Marines in the house. Army veterans. Love it. Glad you all are here. Glad you all are here. So we, uh, we have a really special topic to be talking, uh, talking about today. Uh, both Josh and myself, um, we've prepared. We feel very well uh, to present this topic. And we're ready to answer any and all of your questions in the time allotted that we have here, but let's go ahead and talk a little bit about our company. So VA, VA Claims Insider, what do we do? Okay, um, we're a group of coaches, basically in the most simple form, we're a group of coaches who help our veterans create a strategy, develop it, uh, the right education um, and give you the right education and then point you in the right direction to receive medical evidence or gather your medical evidence, okay? And with all three of those components <clears throat> put together, we help tackle your VA disability claim, okay? So we offer 
once you're assigned a coach, when you join our elite program, you're assigned a coach, you have your one-on-one sessions. Okay. So we have our initial strategy session. We talk about, um, what, what you need from us. And, uh, we gather the information that we need from you and develop the best strategy going forward. Okay. Uh, about halfway through the process, we'll submit your claim, uh, together with you. So we either do it over the phone or we do it via zoom. We'll guide you through that claim submission process while you, uh, go ahead and submit through va.gov. And then towards the end of the process, we have our uh, CMP preparation uh, coaching sessions. We prepare you for that exam, okay? The CMP prep um, is, is really, really important because the CMP exam is pretty much the most important day of the entire claims process. So we want you to be the most prepared as you go into, into that CMP uh, exam, okay? So again, all of this is our, uh, with our one-on-one coaching. In addition to our one-on-one coaching here at VA Claims Insider, we do three live Zoom classes each and every day, okay? So we start the day with a class that we call Coffee with the Coaches. And um, basically, as an elite member, you're able to jump on board into our Zoom room and ask any and all questions that, that you need answered with the entire uh, group of coaches on board with that Zoom meeting, okay? We also offer specialized classes going over how to submit your claim, um, going over how to prepare for your CMP exam, Okay. And then um, throughout the week, we also offer other specialty classes covering higher level reviews and supplemental appeal claims. Okay. Um, Specialized areas such as sleep apnea or high value claims uh, and so on and so forth, just to give you a couple examples there. So um, we're here for you on the one-on-one aspect, but we're also here in our group classes as well. So we're really, really thrilled to be able to offer as many opportunities to interact with us on a one-on-one session or, or in group settings as well. So if you need help, okay, as you, you know, you're a veteran here, you're watching us on Facebook Live, if you need help, reach out to our organization at VA Claims Insider. We'd love to partner up with you and help you tackle your VA disability claim, okay? We'd love to partner with you and, and help you walk through that journey, okay? So again, VA Claims Insider, you can jump on board and get assigned that one-on-one coach, have that one-on-one coaching time, and then we'll get the process started from there, okay? Um, The moment you've all been waiting for. Let's go ahead and introduce our topic, all right? Uh, So today we're talking about how how to file for secondary conditions, okay? So a lot of veterans know, hey, I can file for a condition, but they don't understand that there's a difference between filing for a primary condition and a secondary condition, okay? So today we're going to break down what exactly is a secondary uh, condition? Uh, how are you eligible? How do you file? And then we're going to give you some examples of secondary conditions that uh, maybe you thought of or maybe you haven't thought of. And we're just going to provide a lot of education um, in, in this realm of secondary conditions. Okay. So two really important things to keep in mind when we're talking about secondary conditions. Secondary conditions are the most overlooked but easiest claims to get a rating for. Okay. They're overlooked. A lot of veterans don't even know that it's a possibility to go down a secondary condition route. Um, but we're here to explain how that could be a really good option for you. Um, and it's the one of the easiest ways to get a condition rated because it's based off of a primary condition that the VA already recognizes um, you having a condition for. So again, it can be easily rated based off of that primary condition. Okay. And then another really, the second really important thing to keep in mind 
is that secondary conditions are paid out the exact same way that primary conditions are paid out. So uh, when we're talking in terms of money, uh, there's no difference uh, between uh, a primary condition and a secondary condition in terms of the dollar amount and, you know, according to the rating, the total combined rating that you would be rated for, okay? Uh, Josh, would you like to go ahead and, and talk about the eligibility? Yeah, of course. So first you have to make sure that you're eligible at all for the claim you're ready to submit secondary. So the first place to start, make sure you have a diagnosis from a US board certified doctor for the condition that you want a rating for. You need to have at least that level of medical evidence. You need to have a diagnosis for the condition you're seeking. So if you haven't been to the doctor for the condition you think you might have, make sure you go start going to the doctor. That's the best thing you can do. It also shows the VA that you're receiving current treatment and you're continuing to work to make your life better in result of that, that condition that you've uh, been diagnosed with. Um, you have to make sure that the disability was caused by your service or made worse by a current condition. Uh, typically in regards to secondary claims, it's a sec, it's another primary condition that has been service connected already that has made an underlying condition worse or has caused that new condition that you're looking to connect as a secondary claim. Um, keep in mind that 0% claims, they're recognized. If you have a 0% rating, you can build secondary claims off of that. The VA recognizes that it is service connected while they might not be giving you, you know, a monthly compensation you can still connect something else to that that might end up and resulting in some sort of monthly compensation as a result. And who knows, once you tie something else to that condition, your 0% rating might increase depending on the rating schedule for the condition. Um, again, make sure that for whatever claim you're filing, you have to still be experiencing the symptoms currently. Um, there's something that they look at as severity of symptoms. So make sure that's documented when filling out forms, when filing for the claim, make sure you're still getting medical help for the condition itself. Um, that's very important. Um, it's not a big deal if you haven't been going, but you need to start going um, before you get that claim submitted. So there's some sort of documentation that, that you started, you're receiving treatment, and it's a condition you're still currently experiencing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Definitely, you know, get to the doctor. Get the medical evidence you need, get the diagnosis, uh, create that paper trail, you know, get get to the doctor. First and foremost, just to get yourself the help. Okay. We want all of our veterans to go out and get the help that they need. Okay. And then secondarily, it builds up all the evidence that you're going to need to uh, to go ahead and file your claim. So yeah, great, great points there. Um, we just want to touch on a couple more things, you know, two reasons. Uh, two reasons that VA disability claims get denied, okay? This is talking about all disability claims, okay? So not enough clear and convincing medical evidence, okay? So you need to go get the medical evidence that you need. Um, and then the second reason that claims are denied is the VA is unable to determine the nexus or the service connection um, from your severity of symptoms to that diagnosis, okay? So you need to make sure you have that nexus in hand when you go to file your claim. Otherwise, most likely it's going to get denied very, very quickly. Okay. Um, like I mentioned a little earlier, you know, uh, secondary, secondary disabilities are the most overlooked, but again, easiest to win. Um, and generally we see them approved much faster. Okay. Um, remember this condition, the secondary condition is caused or made worse by a current service connected disability rate is 0% or higher. You must show the nexus. Okay. Um, a, an example would be if you have a mental health claim, 
due to a physical issue. So mental health claims can be filed due to uh, a physical issue that you may have been dealing with for the past five or 10 years. Okay, so we'll get into some more examples a little a uh, little later on down the line, but just to just to give you a small taste there. Um, yeah, 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 and make sure that um, for one nexus statement. If any of you aren't aware, um, it's a term that you'll hear a lot, especially when you're watching VA Claims Insider videos. It's very simple. It's just a statement from a doctor that states in their professional opinion the condition you're experiencing is likely connected to your service in X, Y, and Z ways whether that be through another condition um, or just directly through an event that occurred uh, in your service. Now, in the reason why Caleb mentioned that uh, typically that um, the, the secondary claims are connected more easily is because if you're, if you're building a secondary claim, that means you already have a primary claim that's been approved. That's the toughest part, getting a single condition tied back to your service on its own. From there, it's a pretty clear and set response that if you have a nexus letter from a doctor saying that the mental health condition you caused is leading to these headaches, that's straight and simple. The service connection has already been made because your mental health rating is already there. It's already been connected. And as a result, now it's caused this other condition to show up or be made worse due to that mental health condition, just as a straight example. But that's typically why we see these claims approved more quickly because it's only one part of the nexus that's needed for this part of the claim as opposed to tying it all the way back to that moment in service where it caused the actual uh, injury to take place. Um, in addition, there's um, just some kind of quick hacks. So almost anything in the human body can be tied together. So start thinking about, again, like I mentioned, mental health leading to headaches due to stress, high blood pressure. Um, in addition, Sometimes mental health conditions can lead to sleep apnea, depending on if you're having perhaps night terrors, if there's an irregular breathing pattern, all these things that doctors can sometimes connect that we aren't always aware of. And that's why we mentioned, make sure you go to the doctor to find out you might be able to get a current condition connected to another. Um, another pretty common one is getting your tinnitus um, and then headache secondary to tinnitus. Um, even something as simple as um, a lifestyle impact claim. So you've injured your finger and you no longer can write as well because it was your right hand. It affects work. Maybe you had to leave the job because of that injury. And all of a sudden, now you've been diagnosed with some level of depression because it's affected your life in such a huge way. Well, that's this clear connection where you might be able to connect that mental health condition secondary to that physical injury you might've had. And the buck doesn't stop at a finger. It can be anything. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Um, and again, you can have as many secondary claims as, as you want. So one primary condition can have three, four unlimited secondaries. And a secondary condition can also have another secondary condition. So you can kind of end up with this domino effect. And so with someone who might start with, let's say, a 10% rating for tinnitus, before you know it, you might already have a strategy in your mind of, wait a second, I, I think I might be able to actually get a pretty high rating once you start to get all these things connected. Uh, for example, um, starting with tinnitus, then ending up with a mental health claim because of how much that ringing in your ears affects you socially and occupationally. Um, and then from there, perhaps sleep apnea could be connected to the mental health condition. All of a sudden, you've got two high value claims with high ratings connected to this small, typically 10% rating, and it could be a 0% rating. So just keep that in mind when you think about your conditions. Um, oftentimes, even a physical condition um, something like 
a knee, a knee injury could cause you to walk differently and could lead to plantar fasciitis. A lot of these conditions won't develop for sometimes a decade, but that doesn't mean you can't connect it. And that's why these secondary conditions exist. And it's really helpful. And I'd almost say it's 100% necessary in order to get that magic 100% numbers to build some secondaries. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those secondaries, they certainly add up. And once you start crunching the VA math, you see how a few secondaries added onto a primary can uh, can really move the needle in terms of uh, moving that total combined disability rating up, you know, closer and closer to, to 100%, if not all the way up to 100%. So um, continuing on just with a couple couple more examples. So let's say uh, you're service connected at 10% for a right knee condition. Okay. And five years after leaving the military, you develop, you know, plantar fasciitis, or you may develop back pain because you've had to change the way you walk. You maybe the, the gait in your walk has changed. Maybe you open doors differently and, and, and you're, you're very conscious of the back pain um, that has stemmed from your knee condition. You can file you can file a back claim secondary to your already service-connected knee condition, and it's well documented um, and it, it's well recognized by the VA, where that uh, that claim should move through the appeal. I'm sorry, through the approval uh, relatively quickly. Okay, um, and now that example, if you just were to file your plantar fasciitis primarily or your lower back pain primarily, most likely it would get denied. Okay, so that's really the key here when we're talking about secondary conditions. File it secondary to your already service-connected condition. Okay, if you file it on its own as a primary condition, the likelihood of that getting approved are uh, very, very small. Very small. Definitely. And then keep in mind that it, it's worked just like any other claim. So you still have to have a diagnosis for the condition. Uh, you still do need a nexus statement at least tying the condition to the primary condition that's already been service connected that you're looking to connect so this doesn't mean that you don't need a nexus statement or a diagnosis you still need both so in that regard it's very traditional just like any other claim um, you'll still have to fill out a personal statement to help strengthen that claim here at va claims insider we really try to focus on fully developed claims so the va is not having to search for any excess documents get everything submitted on your own, get these personal statements written up. When you're submitting claims online, if you don't have a personal statement fill out, they give you this tiny box that I think allows you to type in like three or 400 characters. Yep. That's not enough space for you to talk about everything. <laughs> the more you say, the better. Um, and in these personal statements, just keep in mind that you characterize the condition itself, just like you're kind of giving like a, a, a bio of yourself. You start with the condition, how it was diagnosed and, and when, and what was it diagnosed as a result of, even though you have that nexus statement that's already going to provide a lot of that information, it's important that you express that information in as many places as possible, not just even in the personal statement, but even moving to a CMP exam. Remember these things, do your research, get the education, understand how that condition is connected to the primary condition. Um, make sure you talk about the symptoms, not just the general symptoms you experience. We can all go on Google and look up symptoms of a certain condition. Think about how it impacts your life personally, and it doesn't have to just be the direct symptom. How does that symptom then affect your life? Um, are you having trouble sleeping at night? Does that lead to then fatigue? Does it affect your work life? One thing they always look for is how much is a condition affecting you occupationally and socially, kind of right in line with some mental health claims. So it's important that you speak to how the condition is affecting you in these personal statements. Um, in addition, you'll wanna talk about 
how much you're receiving treatment, even the medication that you're taking. Um, and this can also be important. Sometimes you can connect, let's say GERD, secondary to a condition, simply because the medication you're taking is leading to acid reflux and those GERD symptoms. Um, and so that's why it's important that you express as much as you can in these personal statements, connect it yourself, Con connect the lines. The VA does not do this, even when it's obvious. I've seen some crazy situations happen where it'll be a direct event in service. It's clear, it's documented, and it was diagnosed in service and you'll submit the claim, it's still denied. For some reason it shouldn't be, but regardless, get the nexus statement, draw this connection on your own as well in the personal statement. Um, and then make sure you talk about how much the symptoms are affecting your day-to-day -day life within that personal statement as well. If anything, it's good practice for if and when there is a CMP exam, it helps you understand how it truly is affecting you. Because I think for a lot of us, if we start to think about how our conditions are affecting us, we start to realize that we've actually learned to cope with the condition. It's not that the condition has gotten better. In many cases, we've altered our lives and it's become the norm for us. And so it's really important to think deeply, look at how your life has changed since the condition was diagnosed. And that's exactly where you should start with these personal statements. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. You have to, you have to tell your story. You know, you got to put it down on paper. You got to put it down on, you know, in black and white for the VA Raider to take a look. Cause like Josh said, they will not draw those conclusions on their own. Okay. You have to spell it out. You have to tell your story. And yes, over years and years of my own disabilities, I've, I've learned to cope with them, you know, but you, you got to get it out. You got to tell your story in the CMP exam. You get a chance to tell your story there too, but in the personal statement, okay, that VA Raider will need to see that in black and white. Um, and then really highlight the social and occupational impairment aspects as well that, that Josh mentioned. Um, in terms of research, uh, just continuing on here, in terms of research, one great, um, one great resource, and, and if you have a pen, write this down, one great resource to, uh, to do some digging or do some research on secondary conditions of what they might be uh, what you might be able to connect them to is pubmed.gov. Okay. That's the website pubmed.gov. Go to that website. It's full and full of tons of information. Plenty of research has already been done, but with that website, you can specifically look for conditions that you're trying to connect to a primary condition that you're already rated for. Okay. So go, go to pubmed.gov, look up as much information as you can, uh, about your condition. Okay. Find and download the medical research. It's online. It's for free and it will help you prove your service connection. Okay. Um, and then what you can do is save that to your computer, save that document or that research paper and upload it as a supporting document alongside your personal statement when you go and submit your claim. Okay. So just, just a bit of medical research, uh, research guidance there. So pubmed.gov. Um, after that, um, when you, if you get to go to a CMP exam, you want to be very, very clear and very specific. Um, explain to the examiner how exactly your disability is secondary to your primary condition, okay? And make sure they're typing or adding it in their notes, okay? But you want to be very specific that the condition that we're talking about today is secondary to my primary condition, XYZ, whatever you're already primarily connected for. Yeah, and to touch a little bit more on the CMP exam, not to get too deep into it, because we could have a whole nother Facebook yeah. live on CMP yeah, exam themselves, but you are more than welcome to bring notes with you for the CMP yes. exam. 
No, you shouldn't read off of them like a script, but just as a helpful reminder, if you have any nerves, I mean, you might be extremely prepared, but still you're going to get nervous before the appointment. Everyone does whenever there's anything scheduled like that, especially something as important that can affect your life in such a great way. So, and you can bring the medical documents with you, not to necessarily hand off to the doctor. You can just let the doctor know that I brought this with me for my own health. So I don't forget what I need to express today. And if they ask to look at it, they can, but they should have access to that. Um, and um, in addition to uh, what Caleb had mentioned about making sure the doctor is uh, taking notes, um, make sure you can take control of that CMP exam. If something hasn't been brought up that you need to say, say it, get it out there. Um, the CMP exam, it's, it's very important. Unfortunately, many examiners don't really do their job as well as we'd hope they would. You know, they should be there to help you, but sometimes they seem to work against you. Um, but again, by being prepared, bringing those documents with you, it, it's only going to help you any more, uh, even more. Um, but the first thing that you need to do before any of this, um, regardless of whether it's a secondary claim or a primary claim, claims are all still filed the same way. They're, they can be filed online on the va.gov website. The first thing you should do, even if you're thinking about submitting a claim, you might not even know what you're going to submit. Make an intent to file, and I'll express how this is done. It's extremely easy, but it's very important because if you, let's say, at the first of every year, you decide to submit an intent to file, and then a few months into the year, you finally learn that, okay, I'm going to be submitting a claim for PTSD, let's say. It takes you some time to get the medical evidence together. You get a diagnosis, you have some appointments. And then let's say in November, you're finally ready to file and submit the claim. You get everything submitted. You get a decision back, let's say in December. And because you've made that intent to file at the beginning of that year, and that intent to file is good for an entire year, you will actually get paid for the previous months all the way back to when you first submitted that intent to file. And that's why it's extremely important. So if you haven't done that, you should do that. And it's very easy. All you do is you log into the va.gov website. You just type that in. There's a sign in button in the upper right hand corner. You'll have multiple login opportunities through three different sites. Once you're logged in, you'll be on that main page again. There's four boxes to look at. It's the upper right hand box. You can't miss it because it says disability on it at the very top. And it's the last option at the bottom. It essentially just says file a claim for compensation. You click that button. It takes you to a new page with a lot of information. They should put the button right at the top, but unfortunately you have to scroll down a little bit through like two or three paragraphs and there's a green button that says, start my application. It's as simple as that. You click that green button. It'll ask you maybe four questions. Once you see the page that says we've received your intent to file, it's been successful. It's going to remain there. You don't need to go any further into the application. You can, if you want. You can always come back and edit it before you hit that submit button. So it's not the end of the world if you get a little bit too ahead of yourself, but it's super easy. So just remember, log into va.gov. Remember the upper right-hand box that says disability on it. The last option, file a claim for compensation. Look for a green button on the next page, lower on the page. You answer four questions after clicking that or so, and that's your intent to file. It's super easy. And make sure you do it as soon as possible. Even after you submit a claim, Wait a couple weeks, submit a new intent to file. Even if you don't submit a claim within that year, no harm done. You'll just have to submit another one for the next year uh, once you um, are ready to get another claim submitted. So it's something that you should just do in general. It's a good practice overall for any claim, not just secondary claims, but secondary claims are submitted 
almost in the exact same way as a primary claim. There's just a couple of questions that are asked um, in regards to the condition I'm filing for, which is a new condition, is being caused by a condition I already have. And we'll speak to that a little bit more. Yeah, so um, yeah, like Josh said, after you file your intent to file, okay, it's good for that full year. It preserves the back pay, even if it takes you nine months to actually click submit on your uh, on your application. It'll preserve that back pay for all those months prior. Um, so make sure if you don't have an intent to file with the VA uh, done already, make sure you do that today, okay? Don't, don't take another day and think about it. Make sure you get that done today. <laughs> um, and then after that, we're going to move on to steps one through five okay so this is actually when we go to submit our claim okay so step one you need to verify all your information just like you would for any other claim okay or just like you would for every claim and then what you want to do is you want to select i'm filing a claim for a new condition okay then after after that you move on to step two now this step two portion is really really important okay so what you need to do is you need to add the condition that you're claiming so let's say you're adding sleep apnea or you're adding headaches. Go ahead and just start typing in that condition. It should auto-populate, but if it doesn't, go ahead and spell it all out. That's fine. And then under the section where it asks what caused the service-connected disability, you're going to select option two. It's going to give you four options, but option two, the second option, says my disability was caused by another service-connected disability I, I already have. And in parentheses, it says, for example, a limp that was caused by lower back problems. Okay, so again, under step two, very, very important. When they ask you what caused the service-connected disability, select the second option, okay? My disability was caused by another service-connected disability, okay? That is the difference when we're talking about filing for a primary condition or a secondary condition. And today we're talking about those secondary conditions, okay? Um, spell out the condition, again, that you're claiming in the drop-down menu. Um, then describe the condition. This is what Josh was talking about earlier, where you have 400 uh, characters to go ahead and spell out what you're claiming. Just, just describe the condition you're claiming and how it is directly connected to the primary condition that we're, that we're building the secondary claim off of. Okay, And then pretty much every step after that is like normal. You're going to upload supporting documents under step three. Uh, you're going to review all your information. And finally, under step five, you're going to agree to the privacy policy and then click submit. Okay, so the really important important spots to really pay attention to are under steps, uh, are under steps really only step two. Okay, so make sure, make sure you collect that correct option when filing the, sec uh, the secondary condition. By the way, I noticed a couple of questions. So for one. Yeah, Angel let's said, do that. Yeah, yeah so let's do that. Angel said, just so others know, I might be wrong, but you have to file a new intent to file after every claim because I had to do that. That is correct. So after you need a new intent to file for each claim. Um, and we found that instead of just submitting, you know, for four conditions at once, it's best to take it one step at a time. Right. We found that decisions come back from the VA much quicker that way. If you're just kind of, as we like to call it, shotgunning claims sometimes it can take a little bit longer you might end up in a situation where it could take months if maybe only sometimes a year to get a claim approved which kind of segues into what brad vitrup said what if my claim took more than a year to get my claim judgment do i get payment from the date that i filed my intent yes you do which is the key to that um, intent to file if the va takes their time making that judgment 
it's no harm done to you if, if it, hopefully it doesn't affect your life negatively. But when you right. do get that, that claim approval, it goes all the way back to your intent to file. So just makes right. it even more important to make sure that that you do that intent to file. Right, exactly. And a quick side note, Josh, um, I actually served with Angel over uh, over in Japan. We were stationed awesome. at the same duty station over there. So, hey, hey, servant, I saw your comment earlier. Um, I'm going to hit you up after this. I know it's been a while, but uh, love to chat with you and see what you're up to these days. So uh, thanks for joining us, buddy. Really, uh, really appreciate you checking in with us. Um, now, going back to the intent to file, I meant to mention this earlier, but yeah, you can you can file an intent to file on va.gov, but you can also call the hotline, right? To, isn't that right, Josh? Yep, absolutely. Yep, yep. So 1-800-827-1000. You get a representative on the phone and uh, you can file your intent to file. Uh, even if you're not seeing at your computer, you can just do it over the phone. So 1-800-827-1000. You can file that intent to file over the phone. And well. in, many, in many cases, that is the solution if you've just filed off a claim. If you go straight back to the va.gov website, it typically won't let you submit an intent to file. If you call that number, typically within that first 24 hour period, you might be able to get that intent to file submitted right away. That's kind of a workaround if you want to get it worked in right away. Otherwise, I'd recommend kind of revisiting the website maybe within a week to see if it'll let you. Um, if you prefer not to speak to someone from an 800 number. Um, right. <laughs> they're supposed they're going to help you. They're, that's what that number is there for. I know it can be. You know, uh, scary to call an 800 number. You're going to be on hold for a long time. But trust me, that's a resource for you. Make sure you call that phone number. They're going to help you. And a lot of stuff can be done over the phone, too. So. Uh, right. Right. Yep, exactly. Uh, do you want to you want to break down a few examples for us, Josh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we kind of wrote some stuff down, but the possibilities are, are endless. Um, yeah. So the first thing to think of, and again, we aren't doctors, so we can't always promise you these things will be connected. So again, back to our first point, make sure you see your doctor, make sure you you might, you need to find out if you can connect these conditions. But we've seen some patterns, some things that tend to be connectable. So for example, sometimes sleep apnea can be tied to mental health. Um, that's something to look into. Sleep apnea previously was a very easily approved claim and then the VA backpedaled and now it's one of the hardest claims to get approved. Um, even when you provide all the correct information, it can be very difficult. Typically, the end result is they want you to be experiencing sleep apnea symptoms while you were in service. They want to know that you went to the doctor for it while you were in service. But for many people, sleep apnea didn't occur until later in your life. And sometimes what the VA loves to do is they just go straight to, well, you weigh more than you did when you were in service. But for many individuals, you might have been in your teens, 20s, you know, when you first served. Now you might be 50. Of course, you gain some weight. No, we, we grow, we change, our metabolism slow down. So, but there could be another condition that might have caused some of that weight gain. And that can also lead to sleep apnea. Um, so keep, think along those lines. Um, another one, like I had mentioned earlier, mental health connected to tinnitus. And this one, it's quite subjective. You know, if, if you've experienced some sort of mental health conditions, um, sometimes it can be tied to something as simple as tinnitus. If you find yourself getting frustrated, irritated because you've got this ringing in your ears or it affects your work throughout the day. If you're in an environment like this, where you're presenting a class and all of a sudden you can't hear out of your left ear because of the ringing that's going on. Keep in mind that if that's leading to frustration and affecting your life negatively, then you might be able to get a diagnosis for a mental health condition. And that could be tied to something like tinnitus. Um, and one other thing, I kind of did this a little backwards, but 
mental health can also be secondary to a lot of these conditions. Um, so not just physical ones, but let's think of something like sleep apnea. Sleep apnea, typically if you research the symptoms, you'll find that it ends up leading to fatigue throughout the day, which can affect irritability because naturally you're probably not getting a good night's sleep, um, which again, that will impact your life in a big way. It could be causing a mental health condition that you didn't even know you had. All of us, even people who aren't veterans, we all struggle with mental health to a certain degree. Um, for veterans, you've learned extreme coping mechanisms. You were told this is what to expect. This is normal. It isn't though. Yep. Caleb knows exactly what I'm talking about. And um, you have to kind of reprogram your, your, your mind to think about what was my life like before I was in service and where would I be now without it? How is this impacting me? How have I started to think differently? When I sit down at a restaurant, do I always have to face the, the exit doors to make sure that I feel safe? Do you feel the need to grab a gun before you answer the door? These are all things to, to think of that could be the signs of a mental health condition. But again, go to a doctor, see a psychologist, find out if they are the result of an underlying mental health condition that, that you might have. Um, in addition, again, Headaches can be high value if you're having them quite frequently. Um, they typically want to see that you're having headaches that are kind of keeping you in, in bed in a dark room all day, that they're kind of debilitating. They're not you know, helping you at all. But if you do experience those, they can lead to a high rating. That can often be tied secondary sometimes to something like mental health or tinnitus. Um, and again, we talked about GERD being connected to other conditions due to the medication you're taking. And again, with everything that we tell you here, just because you heard it from us and just because you see it online, that doesn't mean you don't need to get a diagnosis. You need a doctor's professional opinion to find out if this can be tied in some way, find out if you can get a diagnosis for GERD. That's something that a lot of people experience the symptoms of. They might know that they have it mentally, but you need a diagnosis. Even if you already know what the doctor's going to say, you need that documentation and you need to make sure that gets submitted with your claim. Um, also an interesting one. So radiculopathy, something not many people know about. Um, if you look up the symptoms, typically it's some sort of tingling or, or numbness in an extremity that's often caused by um, a spine injury. And the possibilities are endless because this can, this can be an individual rating for multiple limbs. You can get a rating for your arms, each one. You can get a rating for each of your legs. You can even get a rating for some other extremities. See, even your jaw I've seen connected through radiculopathy. Um, Caleb, if you want to chat a little bit more about that, you have a little more experience. Yeah, well, it, just from personal experience. So I have a lower back condition, but I have num numbness and tingling going down both my legs. Okay, so one thing when we're talking about back conditions is your back is basically separated in three different sections. You have a lower back, mid back, which can be rated separately, and your upper back. Well, each of those three sections of your back can have radiculopathy stemming from those sections going down your arms and legs. So if you have those symptoms of shooting, burning, tingling, numbness, going down your legs or going down your arms into your fingers, you may, you may have radiculopathy and you need to go get that diagnosed and checked out. Um, but the, the VA will, can easily take a back condition and add radiculopathy um, if you're suffering from those symptoms. Uh, so just make sure you keep, uh, keep those three sections in your back um, in mind, but also think about your neck too, because your neck is, 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 is rated separate separately as well. But stemming from your neck, you can have numbness and tingling going down your arms. 
stemming from a neck condition. So radiculopathy can be um, is is recognized and rated by the VA and can be a game changer when we're talking about your overall rating. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Josh, can you tell us a little bit about? Uh, we may have had a question in here earlier, but um, secondaries off of secondaries. Right. Can you talk a little bit about that? Of course. So the first thing to know about building a secondary condition off of another secondary condition, you have to wait until that first secondary condition has been has already been service connected. So unfortunately, you can't create this tree branch on its own. Um, let's say you just have one primary condition and you already know in your head, I've already got these nexus statements that are going to connect these next two things. So for example, we'll, we'll speak to, let's say, tinnitus leading to headaches, leading to um, mental health. So it's likely the headaches that will, are probably impacting your life the most because it makes you stay home from work, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but let's say you only have your tinnitus connected. You've already got a diagnosis for your headaches. You're, you've got um, a migraine buddy app on your phone. So you're recording how frequently they, they're happening. You've got all that documentation ready, but you've also done your homework and you've gotten your mental health condition diagnosed and you've already got it tied secondary to your, uh, your headaches. You'd probably want to submit that all off at once but you're gonna to wanna to get that first secondary connection made. That way you can draw that connection on your own the next time you file that next claim because you'll be able to select that condition from that list that populates when you're filing your claim, asking which condition has caused this new condition that you're filing for. Um, but keep in mind, you can file endless secondary claims. Um, I haven't seen a limitation to it because um, at some point you're just gonna end up with 100%. Um, but to our knowledge, there's there's no limitation to secondary conditions. And of course, don't try to get tunnel vision as well. If you only have one service-connected disability, yes, you can likely build some secondaries off of it. Don't leave anything else behind. There are probably some conditions that you can tie alone, and that might open the door to some other claims. Think in your mind the way we think. Think about the path of least resistance. Think of the claims that you feel are most connected, the claims that you feel are going to result in the highest rating possible. Again, we hear a lot of veterans want to fight for a sleep apnea rating, which we know can take some extra time. So unless that's your only option for getting a higher rating, maybe it's best to start with something else that you know is a good place to start, like tinnitus, if you experience those symptoms. Um, and one thing to draw back real quick, when it comes to radiculopathy, when you hear some of these conditions that we throw out there, again, make sure you have a diagnosis, make sure you're experiencing them. A lot of these conditions might seem subjective, but there's tests that can be done to find out if you are experiencing those symptoms. Sometimes with a CMP exam for radiculopathy, they might do a pinprick on your hand or toes, whichever limb is supposedly being affected. Um, so just keep in mind, you have to be honest. You have to have the medical documentation. You have to be going to a doctor. You have to receive the diagnosis. If you think you're experiencing symptoms for something, go to a doctor, ask them if they can See if you are truly experiencing those things, if they can give you a diagnosis, get that documentation, submit it off. And again, you're only gonna help yourself out. You're gonna end up with a plethora of ways that, that you can build secondary claims off of primary claims and other secondary claims. The best thing for you to do, strategize on your own. Think really hard about this. You know, um, Think deep down, write it all down, don't rush anything. And, and that's the, the best thing that you can do. That's what we help veterans who sign up with our program. That's what you get when you sign up with us, the coaches here, myself, Caleb, everyone else on the team, this is what we do for each veteran. We, we help coach them through the process, answer any and all questions that there are. And um, we just really help you make, make you comfortable, help you develop that strategy. Because sometimes it's hard 
some of you already from the topics Caleb and I have brought up, you might already be starting to think about the route you want to take, but that might lead to even more questions. Um, so just, just keep that in mind. Um, but that's something you need to know. You can keep building secondaries. Yeah, absolutely. And when we're talking about overall conditions, this is one thing we haven't really touched on yet. The VA knows and rec they recognize over 850 rateable conditions. Okay. When I first heard that, I, I, I was blown away. I had no idea that they rate over 850 conditions, you know, and, and they compensate on those conditions. So, um, and over 30 are mental health conditions as well. So we're talking about, you can file for almost anything. It literally is hundreds and hundreds of conditions that you can file, file for as primary or secondary, but just to drop that little bit of knowledge on you as well. So, um, be really thinking, be, you, you may have to get a little creative or you may have to go out and do a lot of research. You know, like I, I'm suffering from these symptoms. Why is that? You got to ask the question, why? Conduct your research. And uh, if, you, if you need our services, jump on board and you have that one-on-one -on -one coach time where you'll be able to figure out a, a great strategy going forward. So um, just a little bit of, of extra information there. So um, we're going to go ahead and, and start wrapping up. We're going to, you know, have a summary. We're going to have uh, a, a time to uh, uh, a good portion of time to answer a bunch of your questions. So, and we're going to do our best to get, get to all of them. One question I think I saw from a couple people um, is they've had either their rating taken away or uh, they've been decreased altogether, or they've had the rating taken away altogether. Um, I think somebody posted, a veteran posted about having a surgery, so they weren't actually rated for their, their ankle condition. Um, when the VA thinks that, you're, that you've been fixed, they're either going to decrease you, or, or it, and, and there really isn't justification why, unless you stop going to get treatment. Okay, so go get the treatment you need. If they fix you with the surgery, there is a chance they'll decrease you. Okay. That's just how they, that's how they think. If they think that they fixed you, if you've told them that you're better, there's a good chance you're going to decrease your rating. So, so make sure you're seeking treatment as often um, as necessary. Okay. So I hope that answers, I think we had three or four questions in that vein. So I hope that answers all those questions. Um, in summary for this topic, just remember when we're talking about secondary claims, they're the most overlooked but easiest and fastest to get rated, okay? Remember, these secondary conditions are built off of primary conditions that the VA is already paying you for. They already recognize you have these primary conditions. They're already paying you. Well, guess what? Go file two or three secondary claims off of that primary claim if needed, if warranted, if you're eligible, okay? Uh, and then that, that other point that we mentioned earlier, almost anything in the human body can be connected to something else, okay? So, so really keep an open mind about this whole subject and this whole topic. And you may file a secondary or two uh, conditions with your next claim, and, and it may, again, move that total combined rating uh, quite significantly. Okay, we see it each and every day here when we're coaching our veterans and, and when we're exchanging uh, strategy stories uh, within the team here at VA Claims Insider. So just remember, remember to keep all those things in mind. Okay, um, let's see. Let's let's try to answer up and clean up some of these questions. Do you have anything? Yeah. To add I went a little bit earlier, um, a little bit off topic from secondary claims, but someone had a, a denial for a claim um, some years ago. Um, and he okay. wanted to know whether to pursue um, an appeal or whether to submit a new claim. Um, so keep in mind that first thing you need to do whenever you get a denial, look at your decision letter 
find out why it was denied. That's going to be your key to knowing what to do next. If you're in a situation where you've already submitted the proper documentation, you already had a strong nexus, you had all of the medical records submitted, there's not really any new evidence you can submit that's going to help the claim at all, you genuinely feel like the VA just didn't make the right decision, you can submit for a higher level review, um, a type of appeal. So that would bring the claim, all that's been submitted. So you're not submitting any more information. It takes it to exactly what it sounds like, someone at a higher level who will review the information and um, decide if maybe they made the wrong decision um, and they may overturn it. The other option, which is not limited by time because high level reviews can typically be filed within a calendar year. Um, but with supplemental claims, which is the other option, you can file a supplemental claim long after the claim has been denied. So that's your best chance. If you've been denied for a claim a couple of years ago, you're gonna wanna file a supplemental claim and submit some new incredible medical evidence, whether it's updated treatments showing that perhaps the condition has worsened continuously, whether you haven't submitted a nexus, that's typically what we see. You submit a diagnosis, you might fill out a personal statement, but without the nexus statement from a doctor, it's probably gonna get denied. Um, sometimes you didn't know that, you might've just learned it today. So how do you combat that? After you get that denial, you can file a supplemental claim and you would submit any new evidence, not the same evidence you've already uploaded. So in this case, you would submit that nexus statement and that will reopen your claim. They'll look at that information again. And, and that is your key there um, to getting that sort of uh, worked out. So now you would not file a new claim. Make sure you look into whether you need to do a supplemental or a higher level review. Yeah, yeah. Great explanation, Josh, of the, uh, the two appeals there. Yeah, thank you. Um, Nicole asks a question, are reports from chiropractic care admissible for claims? Yes, absolutely, Nicole. Um, so under step three of filing your claim, you're going to get to upload all supporting documents. You're going to be able to select one or all three options. There's VA medical evidence, there's private medical evidence, and then supporting statements. Okay, so yes, get a copy of those chiropractic uh, appointments or exams, um, and they they are allowed, absolutely, in, um, in, when you go to upload that supporting document. Yep, yep, absolutely. And then I see a question from uh, Bruce Nguyen. Um, so what form is needed to file for secondary claim? The same exact forms you use to submit for a primary claim. It's the exact same way. We recommend you do it online. The VA has made a lot of progress. The website's relatively easy to use, bar a few occasional uh, servers going down on occasion. Um, but submit the claim online. It's the same form. Um, during that online claim process, you'll have a chance to mention that your disability you're filing for was caused by another disability that's already been service connected. That's the one variation between the claims. Um, otherwise, it's filed just like a primary claim. Yep, yep, exactly. Uh, Angel asks a question, if you're, uh, if you're permanent in total, they won't lower it. He's asking a question. I thought if you were PNT, they wouldn't lower it. Right. So yeah, you're exactly right, Angel. So if you if you are awarded 100% permanent in total, um, your record is all sent to the archives. There shouldn't be any reason to reopen your your profile or your account, if you will, unless you open it. So we always recommend if you're going to file for a claim, you know, that reopens your entire your entire account. So really think long and hard about opening up a claim after you're awarded 100% permanent total because they're going to the VA will look at everything um, over over your entire over your entire uh, disability ratings. Okay, so yeah. 
Uh, I see a question from John Phillips. Um, is chronic pain a strong secondary? Yes, because you have to kind of stop thinking about it like chronic pain. Yeah. Think about how the pain is impacting your life because you can't file a claim for pain alone. You can file for a condition as a result of the pain. So if it has caused some sort of underlying depressive symptoms, yes, that is a huge claim because mental health ratings can be rated from zero all the way up to 100. You might not even know what rating you should get for a mental health rating, but typically we see ratings always between 30 and 70, most commonly 50 and 70 without veterans typically knowing it's possible. Um, so yes, that, that would be a strong secondary. And I think that's something that you should definitely look into. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Uh, Steve asked a question. It's been many years since Vietnam. Thank you for your service, sir. Really, really appreciate it. Um, I've been doing, uh, let's see, a program cheating my P PTSD. Will years of work and it help my claim for PTSD? Yes, you've, uh, you've got, you, you actually you are documenting your whole process or the, the experts are documenting your whole, your whole uh, journey through your, uh, through your treatment. So yeah, that all can be added to, uh, to your records and supporting evidence. Absolutely. Yep. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, Joanne asks, how do you have your primary, primary claim increased? If you have a rating for your primary, but you still have issues with the primary. Um, yes. So when you go to file, when you go to file a claim, you can file simply for an increase. So say um, if you have a mental health rating um, and the mental health rating scale is 0, 10%, 30%, 50%, 70, and 100, if you feel you're underrated at 10% um, and you feel you qualify at the 50 or the 70 or all the way up the 100% uh, criteria with the VA, you can absolutely file for an increase. Um, we recommend uploading any and all supporting documentation um, acquiring a new nexus letter to show how severe your symptoms have gotten. You, you want to show the VA a current snapshot of how severe your symptoms are and then add a new personal statement uh, when you go to file for that increase. But yes, absolutely. Very, um, uh, yeah, very good question. Yeah. Um, I, I do notice that um, Jonathan uh, Calderon mentioned uh, to Google Title 38 CFR oh, Part 4 um, due to, you know, to find out what rateable conditions there are because there's a ton of them. There's more being added all the time. Um, yeah. That's a very helpful tool. Um, even we use it here when we're helping out each veteran. Just keep in mind when you're using that tool, don't get tunnel vision because you're probably going to find the rating schedule, let's say for mental health. And you're going to look at that and you're going to see all the different percentages all ranging all the way up to 100. And you might have a personal feeling that, well, I know someone worse off than me. I don't deserve 100%, maybe something like 50. Don't think that way. When you're looking at the rating schedules for conditions, especially something subjective like mental health, look at all of the symptoms. It's handier to write down the list of all of them and start to work out which ones that you can relate to. Not to get too far into the mental health topic, because again, that could be a whole nother class. But yeah. just keep in mind when you're using the ECFR rating schedule, um, and again, you can just Google whatever that exact term, that phrase that Jonathan put in the chat, um, it's public information. You can view it. Again, you'll want to look for rating schedules to really be able to study the symptoms related to the rateable conditions, but just don't, don't get too caught up in that. Um, it's good as a helpful tool, but it's not meant to guide you, if that makes sense. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Great clarification there. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, okay, so let's see. Steve has a psych appointment tomorrow. Good luck, Steve. Um, Good luck, remember, Steve. tell your story. Be uncomfortably vulnerable. Tell your story. Lay it all out there on the table. If it's starting to feel uncomfortable through that exam and through that conversation, you're on the right track. Okay, so good luck with that, Steve. We're uh, we're rooting for you absolutely. Yep. Uh, let's see. Let's see what else we have here. A few other questions. Can I file migraines? Uh, Arnold asked, can I file migraines secondary to PTSD if they were denied service connection on my primary claim? Mm -hmm. I'm currently being treated. Yes. So yeah. first off, keep in mind, you need a nexus statement. It's very possible it could be connected, but you need a doctor's opinion. You need them to give you that green light. Even for us, we're not capable of saying yes or no to something like that, but yes, it can likely be tied. Um, and you don't really know until you ask. But in that case, because you've had that claim denied before, you can't open a new claim, but what you can do is you can file a supplemental claim with the new information. The, that new information would be the nexus statement showing that your headaches are actually connected to your mental health condition you already have a rating for. When the VA receives that supplemental claim, they will decide where it should be connected. They'll automatically make it that secondary condition if they decide to give you that rating for it and they decide that nexus is valid. So just keep that in mind. Um, you would have to submit a supplemental claim if you've already filed for the condition and it was denied again. Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, let's see, uh, Red asks, I have hearing loss and tinnitus. Can I file migraines as a secondary or do I have to file as a new claim? Yeah, go ahead and file as a secondary. Headaches um, have been known to be directly related to tinnitus. So yep, that's not a bad strategy at all. Yep. Uh, let's see. How do they rate? Uh, Clifton asks, how do they rate back and leg pain going down the leg? Would it be 3% or 1%? I think he's going back to the ridic yeah. ridiculopathy. Well, uh, so, yeah, keep in mind. So I'm assuming when you said 3%, you mean three separate ratings? Um, it, I think so. Yeah, it depends on the condition. If you have three separate diagnosed conditions, then yes three separate ratings. Now, if it's radiculopathy, technically it's a separate condition if you're experiencing radiculopathy in your left leg and your right leg. So even in that case, you'd have two separate diagnoses for two separate conditions in each leg. It would be multiple ratings. So just keep that in mind. Um, but again, it depends on the number of conditions diagnosed. Um, if you go to a doctor seeking out a diagnosis for radiculopathy on both legs, you walk out with only one um, then you can only file a claim for that one condition. You can only file as many conditions as you have diagnoses, and that's the rule of thumb to use. Yep, yep. All right, folks, we're a little over an hour. We're going to have a, a few more comments to make. Uh, don't worry, we're going to get to your questions on the back end of this broadcast. Somebody will reach out to you either with a link or try to help you up, you know, point you in the right direction to answer your question. Um, you can go to, I'm, I'm at the very last question here caught my eye. You can go get uh, medical care from the VA or a civilian doctor. That's perfectly fine. You just want to make sure that if you're going to a civilian doctor, that you're grabbing all that, all that medical evidence or, or records on the way out. So you can go ahead and submit, um, go ahead and submit your uh, supporting document with your claim. Okay. Um, just remember, you know, um, you have options when it comes to filing your claims. You either can file the primary primary way, which most people know and understand. But with this topic today, we, we took a deep dive into secondary. 
conditions and how to file those. So remember, you have options when you're filing these uh, these conditions. Um, remember that secondary is directly related to your primary condition. Okay, that's that's the the key there. Um, if you need our help, get a hold of us. VAclaimsinsider.com. We would again love to partner with you as you tackle your VA disability claim. We'll help you develop that strategy. Uh, we'll give you guidance and education. Okay, and then we'll help you acquire the right and relevant medical evidence needed to win your disability claim, okay? So if you need us, we're here for you. Reach out to us today, VA Claims Insider. Thanks so much for spending uh, a little over an hour with us on a Wednesday, on a Wednesday midday. Uh, really happy you joined us. Josh, th uh, thanks so much for driving with me today. Really appreciate your, uh, your insight and your help uh, with this topic. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next week, okay, next week for Facebook Live for our next topic. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great week. If you need us, reach out to us, okay? Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Thanks again.